Hasn't summer been good to us so far? It's making up for all that awful weather we had in November and December. And it's uh, a good time for adventures, isn't it? I've been looking at your Facebook feeds, those of you I know, and catching up on some stories before church this morning of people going camping, people going hiking, people travelling and touring all over the place. It's a good time of the year for that while we sort of take a wee break and a pause in amongst all of the normal busyness, eh? And uh, I happen to know that there were three men who had a bit of a sailing adventure to the other week. Uh, and uh, forgive me if the facts aren't entirely uh, correct, because I wasn't actually on the trip, but I've heard lots about it. So I'm just <laughs> going to steal the story because I thought it was a good one. Uh, I was wondering if you knew how many men it would take to sail a barnacled, beaten-up yacht from Northland, far north, down to about half an hour north of here. How many would you think that would take? About 32-footer yacht, all weedy underneath, nothing, no engine, doesn't work. Kind of, she's not been loved, that poor yacht, for a wee while, but it's, she's just been handed over into the loving care of uh, Sean Austin um, here at Coast. And so he rang Matt and he said, look, <clears throat> do you want to give me a hand um, to go up and get this yacht and bring her down? Because I need to get her down here so I can do all this repair work on it. And so Clive and Matt and Sean went up there and they were prepared for a three-day trip. <clears throat> It's about 200 kilometres as the crow flies. It didn't take them long to drive up. Um, And uh, and so they went, they had provisions, they had food and water. Now, there was no engine because it's not working. Well, yes, but it's not working. So then he brought a temporary outboard motor, which was, you know, would do the job, but it wasn't like grunty, you know, for a boat that size. So they went, they were like, okay, here we go, we're going to get this baby down there, we'll see you on Thursday. So I was like, all right then, I'll pick you up. And, uh, and I'd get these updates, and I watch Matt, I've got this stalkerish app on my phone, <laughs> where I get to see where he is, and he's floating out in the ocean somewhere, you know, just off of, uh, off of the harbour way up there. And, uh, and I was like, that first day, I'm like, man, they're really not making a lot of headway. In fact, it doesn't really look like they're moving at all which is actually how it turned out. (laughs) Things didn't quite go to plan. Now, you've got a yacht, so you have sails. So the expectation is that you're going to sail. There was no wind. Slight technical hitch. There was no wind for a wee while. And there was only a little outboard motor and a small thing of gas. Because the expectation was, we'll have wind. So that was something they didn't plan for, they didn't expect. Then the other issue they found is that there's so much weed in underneath and barnacles and oyster shells and stuff all on the bottom of the boat and all around the rudder, she was really hard to manoeuvre because the rudder wasn't easy to move. I've got this right, eh, babe? He'll, he'll tell me if I'm wildly off, but, <clears throat> and I'm not a sailor either, so I'm sort of just winging it, really. So, so they've ended up having to use that little outboard motor heaps more than they were expecting. Like they were having all the sails up and the outboard motor and only going like about five knots. Oh, not even that fast. <laughs> even slower. I was being generous, I thought. So hence, that little dot on my GPS thingy was going very slowly. And they realised we don't have enough gas because we're going to have to be using this little outboard motor way more. So now we've got to figure out how do we get gas? Like on the way. So they, that was like a whole challenge they had to figure out. But these are, you've got to remember that these are three men who are like fix-it kind of guys. It's like if there is a, it's like MacGyver. 
If there is a problem, they will fix it. So, of course, they did. They figured out a way, took the dinghy on shore, found somewhere they could walk to, found containers, filled up, brought more gas back. They're amazing. So, but then, because they'd lost so much time, they had to sail not just by day, but by night. So they were sailing by the sun, they were sailing by the stars, which apparently was beautiful, but it's quite tiring. So they were taking shifts. So they were having to sail 24 hours a day. So, estimated time of travel, three days. Thursday, he's like, he gave me a call. He's like, uh, yeah, so you probably can see where we are. We're not going to make it today. Probably tomorrow. So could you come and pick us up tomorrow? I was like, that's fine. <clears throat> Friday rolls around. Do you remember the winds we got the other week? On Friday? Yeah. So it was... In, right in the way of them being able to come back. They got down from Lee, they got out towards Carwell, and they were facing really strong 30 to 40 knot winds, front on. This tiny little outboard motor was not designed for that sort of wind, and there was no manoeuvring because the rudder wasn't working. So they tried everything they knew how to do, uh, because some of these guys have done quite a lot of sailing, they just could not get this poor thing back to shore. So I got another call. Yeah, so we've tried everything we know how to do. We're going to just have to anchor up, get out of the wind, and just anchor up. It's another night. We're running low on food <laughs> and water, <clears throat> and uh, and there's nothing. We've run out of gas to be able to cook anything anyway. So, um, so they finally made it back two days later, and uh, they had to spend another night. And apparently that was beautiful as well. Once they kind of got out of the wind, and it was all lovely. And then I, I went up and picked them up finally on Saturday. They were a little hungry and a little bit thirsty, but, but actually really happy. But I just thought, gosh, isn't that kind of what life is like? You know, we think we know what's going to happen, and then all these unforeseen things come up that we never anticipated. And, uh, and just like the guys, you know, they got back, they were hot, they were sweaty, they were tired, they were a bit crispy from the sun. Uh, you know, but they had this amazing time, actually, it was this great adventure for them, and it's probably not one that they'll forget. They told stories, they got to know each other better, they got to appreciate the strengths that they saw in each other and what they all brought to the mix, and faced and conquered a lot of the challenges on the way. I mean, you, what can you do about wind? you just got to go with it. <coughs> but I was just thinking, if we think back a year, think back to the 13th of January, 2018, and many of us, we would have thought we would have known what our year was going to be, right? This is the time of the year when many of us are in that mode of making plans, and some of you are really good at making goals and actually achieving them. That's fantastic. Um, I either make too many or I just, don't, I just give up. <laughs> um, but some of you are great at that. But it is that sort of time where we start like projecting forward into the year, don't we? And probably for many of us, as we think about where we were in January last year, and where we are now, there's a whole bunch of things that came up in that last 12 months that we weren't expecting. A bit like the sailing trip. You know, that uh, didn't necessarily go the way that we expected or that we planned for. That's where we sort of discover the truth of some of what we just, you know, read in Scripture. In Proverbs 16 verse 9, we read that we can make our plans, but the Lord is going to determine our steps. There's going to be a whole lot of stuff along the way that our plans, plans are good. So please don't hear me say planning is not good. If these guys didn't plan, they would have had like no food, you know, no outboard motor. They would have just um, trusted the sails and that would have been not working. 
So, you know, planning is good, but the plan has to flex because there's all of the unforeseen that is going to come through the year. If we use the guy's trip as a metaphor for us, for life, as you think about your year last year, did you encounter unexpected conditions? No wind, too much wind. Head on, really strong things that were coming against you where you had to push hard to get through. Did you have the provisions and the resources that you needed to get through the year? And if you didn't, what do you need more of for this year? How manoeuvrable were you? Or did you discover that your, your ability to flex and to flow with the movement of God in your life is, is either aided or limited by some other stuff that's kind of stuck to us? Things that might limit our ability to move. How did we respond to the unexpected? Was it with frustration because we didn't see it coming? Was it awe and wonder at some of the things that came up that was unexpected? Or was it both? Frustration and awe. Did you need to take unexpected pit stops along the way? Did things take longer than you thought? That is a thing for me. I always just think it's going to be way quicker than, than things turn out to be, you know? Did things take longer than they thought? And what was that like? What did we do with that? What did we have to do with the waiting? Did it develop patience in us? Or just frustration? And what did you learn on the way? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about God? What did you learn about the people that you get to do life and faith with? You know, and, and so today, you know, this is a good time of the year for us to think again, to reflect back, learn from what we had last year, and think about what we want to take with us into this new year. Because we want to walk the walk well, don't we? Not just talk the talk. It's easy for us to have good ideas and good intentions and, you know, all of that. And that's a great starting point. But we want to actually walk this thing out. We want to walk our faith out. And so today, we're just going to be looking at this whole thing of walk, walking the walk. Let's walk the walk of faith, of life, step by step, one day at a time, with God. With Him. Because that's the choice that we get to make. We get to choose if we're going to walk with Him or if we're going to go it alone. And so today, I just want to have an opportunity for us 13 days in to a new year for us to just pause and to stop and to think about what choice do I want to make today for how I want to live out and walk out this walk this year because we can choose we don't get to choose all the stuff that comes up along the way but we do get to choose the orientation and the way that we're going to approach it so that's what we're going to do today <clears throat> Psalm 32 verse 8 the Lord says I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Do we believe that? Because that includes the unexpected and the unforeseen. He can make good of all of it. The hard, the wonderful, all of it. <coughs> Nothing is wasted. We can trust him. And for those of us that maybe have been doing faith longer, we have more 
um, experience and evidence in our own lives of God's faithfulness and trustworthiness. For some of you, uh, you know, you're just getting started with this thing. But it's worth it. It's worth working this out. Because we're going to encounter the unexpected. We're going to encounter the unexplainable. You know, those situations in life where we're like, I just don't get this. This is really hard and I, don't, I just don't get it. And we want to choose to trust him, even in that. You know, uh, the other week, I read a Facebook post of a young woman. <coughs> Sorry, I've got this annoying tickle. Uh, she lives over on the other side of the world and um, she had a really tough year last year. A whole bunch of different things happened that were really hard. And she just wrote this post as she was getting ready for this new year. <coughs> I just don't want to blast you with my cough. And this is what she said. I've got permission to be able to um, read this to you. <coughs> it's good, isn't it? 2018, this is, this is, I've, I've sort of edited it, made it a bit shorter. 2018 was a beautiful and bumpy year, but it didn't beat me. 2019 may be better, but it may not. And that's okay, because I'm, I'll keep learning, keep fighting, and keep resting in the arms of my gracious Saviour. <coughs> 2018, you were hard work, but these are some of the things you taught me. It's never too late to start again. Fight for things you believe in, even if others disagree. Cherish your family and friends and make time for them. You're probably more resilient than you know. Feel the fear and do it anyway. You don't need to go at the same pace as everyone else. Go through life at a rhythm that works for you. There's no set time for anything. <coughs> life isn't easy, it never will be. And you shouldn't expect that it will be. But the struggles will grow and shape you. When you think you can't take any more, you probably can, and then some. <clears throat> things come to an end to make space for even more beautiful things, so stop taking yourself too seriously. <coughs> and mistakes are necessary in life. Listen to God's voice always. He's pretty much always right. That's the reflection of, of someone who's just trying to figure out walking this walk with God, with all of the things that came up in her year and as she prepares for a new one. And she's one of many, isn't she? We are all in that kind of boat together. <coughs> Moses, you know, if you think about the history of God's people, there's been a lot of walking. You know, Moses was a leader that uh, lived around 1300 BC and he led the people of Israel out of Egypt, where they'd been in slavery for about 400 years. <coughs> and the expectation of the people that were following him, there were thousands and thousands of people, was that they were going to leave Egypt, which had been awful for them, and they were going to follow Moses and then Joshua out into this promised land that had been promised to their forefather, Abraham. And so they left on this trip, and uh, <coughs> they knew it was going to be hard. It was the desert. So they knew it was going to be a tough trip. But they thought it was going to be like a few weeks, months at the most. 
They took provisions because they had their kids, they had their animals, they had whole family groups, and off they went. <coughs> we were a matching pair. <coughs> We've had these niggly colds all of our holidays. Sorry. So off they went, they took provisions, but a trip that was meant to take only a few weeks or months took 40 years for a number of different reasons. Things did not go the way they planned at all. The provisions they had ran out. They had to make adjustments as they went. They were going to spend 40 years learning how to walk with God following Moses and then Joshua, who were also learning how to walk with God. That was new territory for them. And interestingly, it was during that time that God allowed his people to get to really know him and know who they were in relationship to him. And that established a pattern that has lasted for generations ever since then. It wasn't wasted time, but it was tough. And it wasn't what they expected, but they learnt to trust God as they walked this walk through the desert. And we may have those sorts of things happen to us. You know, but even when we find ourselves in situations or in places that we didn't plan for, that we don't expect, we don't have to be afraid of the unknown. We don't even have to be afraid of the things that are coming towards us that we don't like the look of. Nothing's going to catch God out by surprise. He's going to lead us, if we allow him to, into those best pathways for our lives. We won't always understand it. It won't always be the thing that we would have chosen. (coughs) Sorry, guys. You know, one of the pieces of scripture that I'd spent some time mulling around towards the end of last year is a phrase that Jesus talked to his, was teaching his disciples and John, and John, it's the book of John, it's one of his disciples wrote this book of just telling all the things that were happening when Jesus was with them. And this is one of the things Jesus said, and, and many of you will be familiar with this. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or another version of this says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and to the full. Now, probably like many of us, you know, I've looked at that and I err on the side of the positive. Well, that means that life is going to be good. It's going to be full of all the things I want, all the good stuff. And yet, in another part of John, in John chapter uh, 17, Jesus also talks about giving us this real and eternal life, and that life is actually knowing God. Real life is knowing God. So having this full, rich, satisfying life is actually about knowing God, not about our circumstances, not about avoiding all of the hard stuff, which I have to say, you know, in my humanity, I'm apt to want to not embrace. Anyone with me? Could just be me. You know... But this is the Jesus who, when he walked the earth, he gets it. He understands that our lives are going to be full, not just with joy, but with pain. We're going to have suffering alongside happiness. 
We have to live with the tension of like all of the great things that happen in our lives as well as all the really hard things. And that we can have full and satisfying and rich life in all of it. Because we can know God. We can be with him in all of it. And that's one of the choices we get to make as we decide how am I going to walk this walk? Am I going to walk with him? Am I going to trust him through all of what might come my way? It's a hard thing for us, but he promises us, you know, he, he tells us, Jesus tells us in John 16, he said, I've told you this so that trusting me, you'll be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. Doesn't that sound good? That is not circumstantial. He has told us about who he is. He has demonstrated who he is over and over and over again. We can read it in scripture and we can experience it in our lives so that we can live with him and have peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. So this is not the pep talk probably you were expecting for the start of the year, but I'm just like, I don't want us to be derailed this year by the hard things that will happen to some of us. You know, some of us grapple with chronic illness or mental health issues or you know, loss of people we love, or, you know, just all of the stuff that happens in life. We don't have to be derailed by that, because we are going to experience difficulties in this life. Jesus knows. He's not, like, it's not about not us not having enough faith when that happens. It's part of life. It's part of living this in this fallen world. We won't know the fullness of it until he comes again, but he tells us again, Take heart, because I have conquered the world. You know, the guys, when they set off on their trip, they didn't know everything that was going to happen, but they knew where they were heading, right? We can know the same thing. At the end of the day, we know that Jesus has won the day. So we don't have to be afraid of anything. We can push back against our fear and our lack of peace, and we're going to forget all of us do. We can get overwhelmed by our situations at times, which is why we need one another. We walk this walk together. It's an individual thing, but it's also a community thing. You know, we, we want to... What is that proverb? It's like, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, go together. We're going far. We need each other. You know, so when we forget, when we lose sight of some of these things, we can remind each other, we can encourage each other, we can call out the best in each other. We can walk alongside each other. Which means we need to have grace for each other because we're all in different stages of this thing. You know? And, and like, we're going to make mistakes. We, we, when we're watching a child learning how to walk, we do not expect them to master it overnight, do we? We know they're going to take a tumble here and there. They're going to stumble. They're going to fall down on their face at times and then pick themselves back up and have another go. We need grace for that, for ourselves, for the people that we walk with. But we're going to get there together if we keep calling each other forward. So how do you want to walk your walk this year? Because we can decide now. We don't have to wait for different circumstances to happen. We don't have to wait for the thing that we want to have happen happen before we decide. We decide, we can do that today. 
How do we want to walk? We can prepare now. We can make choices throughout our year that help us to embody and to live out our choice to walk with him every day, day by day, all year. Are we going to walk in trust and peace? Or are we going to walk in fear? Are we going to walk in love and forgiveness? Are we going to walk with others, with each other, or on our own? That's our choice. Are we going to walk with the wisdom of learning from our mistakes, not just repeating them over and over again, and then take that learning forward and allow God to change us? Are we going to walk with openness towards growth and to change? Are we going to walk with intent and preparation, or are we just going to stay in a reactive posture all year? And I've got to say that we get thrown around a bit more for that. I was talking to someone just recently, and they're saying, oh, man, prayer, I've found prayer really hard for the last 12 months. And I said, so, you know, and, and they'd just been through a stretch where things have been really hard, and, and she was finding it really hard to pray, but it had actually been like that for a while. And I said, well, then, if that's one of the things that you noticed when you're going through that, how, what are you going to do so that you can build well while things are going well so you've got the resources there for when it's harder again, because it will be hard again. You know, you go to any ancient city and they've got those big walls that they build around them. They build those walls in a time of peace when things are going well so that they've got defences and resources there for when things are hard. So we, we can make choices to build that way this year. And, and ultimately, are we going to choose to walk with God or are we going to choose to walk alone, to, to do it our own way? That's a choice that we can make today. Today and every day that follows. This year and every year that follows. What is God's invitation to you as you begin 2019? So today, we're going to finish, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond so we're just going to pause for a minute. And I'm going to invite you to come up and as a symbol of choosing to trust God, to walk with him, to sort of put a stake in the ground for the start of 2019 and saying, this year, I want to walk the walk with him. Then my invitation is, is to grab your shoes. This is nothing fancy, as you can see. But it's just as like, a, a, like we, symbols are important to us. So this is just a symbol of my choosing and saying, I trust you with my year. I want to walk with you. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to choose to walk with you this year. In the planned and the unplanned times, in the known and the unknown, in the easy and the tough times, in the times that I understand and in the times that are a mystery to me. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to walk with you this year. So the invitation is, there's no pressure, okay? Because you might be sitting there going, I am so not ready for this. I have not got my head in that space at all, which is totally fine. But the invitation is, if you would like to join me and say, this year, this is how I want to walk. I want to walk with him. I want to trust him. I'm going to bring my shoes up and put them up here as a symbol of that trust then that's the invitation. And then just kind of, you know, you don't have to go all the way back to your seat, but hover around and then we're just going to pray together to end the service.
but it's just, it's not like some magical thing. It's just a moment in time. And God takes the most ordinary things and fills them with meaning and makes them sacred to us. So this can, it sort of seems like not much, but it can actually be a really important thing for us. Make sure you take your shoes at the end. I was thinking, depending on what shoes you came with, you may leave with better ones. <laughs> no, only take your own <laughs> at the end of the service. But, but that's how we're going to end, is I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come, pause, and then if you want to, come and pop your shoes up anywhere up here, and then we're going to pray together to end. Does that sound okay? Okay. So Lord, I just ask that you would continue to speak to our hearts. We thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Thank you that you give us the choice. You don't force yourself on us. You invite us into relationship with you, into walking with you, into learning how to walk with you. And so, Lord, would you take this humble moment of us, if we want to, put our shoes here just as a symbol of us choosing you and choosing to trust you and choosing to walk with you through this year. Would you come and would you fill us and fill this moment with yourself. So come. If you'd like to, come on up.